All right, guys, welcome to the Inside Dirt Show. This is the Adelaide Australian Supercross Round 1 Review Show. Uh, and this is being brought to you by Thor Australia via Gas Imports. The Thor 24 range is out now. Uh, you got the Prime uh, and the Pulse ranges. Um, a lot of amazing colorways and uh, cool gear sets being rocked at the Motocross of Nations by Jorge Prado and uh, Aaron Plessinger, among many others. Uh, also, Blake Fox wearing Thor in uh, SX2 class this weekend at Adelaide, so that was cool to see. Um, along with the gear sets, they've also got the Sentinel knee guards and the uh, Sentinel chest protectors, which you've seen the Star Yamaha guys wearing the Sentinel chest pros. Uh, they're super functional, fit great, and uh, look amazing. So make sure you check out the Thor MX range uh, via Gas Imports. And also, the Inside Dirt Show is being brought to you by the Michelin Star Cross 6. Uh, the Michelin Star Cross 6 has been out in the market a little bit now. Um, new design, massive upgrade from the Michelin Star Cross 5. And uh, Brett Metcalf ran the Michelin Star Cross 6 in uh, Primax this year. Would have ran it in on Supercross, but unfortunately, Matty was injured uh, and won't be racing a Supercross this year. But the Star Cross 6, I run it on my bike. Big fan. And uh, like I said, the PSI, the tire pressure ratings are back to a normal tire as compared to the Starcross um, 5. And uh, you won't get a better medium soft, in my opinion, than the Starcross 6 that lasts as long as it does. You know, I take it out on the Gold Coast tracks around here and it lasts and doesn't tear off knobbies. Super impressive. So make sure you also check out the Michelin Starcross 6 range uh, from the team at Gas Imports. And uh, with that being said, the show tonight... Um, I had a few co-hosts lined up. We we're going to do a regular show. It all kind of fell through. So I've got Mick Sinclair from AME Group, uh, the general manager of Australian Supercross. Uh, I've got Matt Moss, who was the first Australian on the podium in SX1 and just an absolute hero at Adelaide. And uh, Reed Taylor, the new signing for the Berry Sweet T-Dub Raceline Husqvarna uh, team in SX2. Reed had a good night as well. So we've got a few interviews for you guys. Uh, it's just going to sort of flow one after the other with some interviews. And um, with that being said, let's get to it. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Gator, never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like, it's a... There's a few of them going around in the pits, I'm sure. That's <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... <laughs> All right, guys, first up on the Inside Dirt Show with the Adelaide Review, uh, brought to you by Thor and uh, Michelin Star Cross 6, is going to be, um, I guess we could call him the, not the hometown hero, Matt, but you were certainly the Australian hero, the first Aussie in uh, SX1 and the first Aussie on the podium, mate. Big weekend in Adelaide. Yeah, it was. It was, um, I've, I've definitely got me fans down at Adelaide. Uh, I was lucky enough to have some of my personal sponsors, Pride 23, and, and Ninja Logistics, and they, they got a couple of boxes um, there, and there was about probably 30, 40, maybe 50 of them. So, yeah, it was, it was crazy coming out to, to, you know, ride my bike with the Australian flag and hearing this crowd cheer for me. It was, it was absolutely amazing, actually. Mate, we, um, we actually did some content for uh, the team and some of your team partners, and I was looking at the footage today that we shot for, for those guys. 
um, yeah. that'll be out on socials tomorrow. And man, you riding out with that Aussie flag, like, cause I was hosting opening ceremonies. I didn't really get a chance to, um, you know, soak it all in, if you know what I mean. Um, but man, it looks so cool. Like, was that a, I guess this is all a highlight reel for you. Hey, like coming back after, you know, being off for so long, does it ever, I know for me, when I'm in the stadium doing the commentary, it feels surreal. Does it feel surreal for you, like, riding in like that still? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Last year, I didn't really get a shot at riding out. Um, even though I won races, uh, I was still... Yeah, I don't know. Not not sorted after, I guess. I uh, I guess they, they chose um, Tanny and Brayton to really publicise them, which I understand... Um, County was the Australian motocross champion, and was got and was leading with Brayton until I started winning. So, uh, yeah, for this year, obviously this year is paying off from last year's results. Uh, but you know, just hard work and dedication. Now I'm back where I feel like I should be. Yeah, and I guess we can get into it from there, Matt. Because honestly, um, you know, we didn't see you in Primax. Um, we've seen you at World Supercross. Obviously, you were training at Club MX in the States with the team. Um, but, man, like, you you were normal Matt Moss. As soon as the green flag went up in practice, you were out front. You had the track dialed pretty much second lap. Um, whole shot in the heat race. Like, you looked really comfortable for someone. You know, I guess that shows your level of experience. But you haven't really raced that much this year to look that good, in my opinion, you know? Yeah, well, obviously, Supercross is what my plan is um, from here on out, future, may, maybe some motocross, maybe next year. But, yeah, like, I just felt at home, uh, you know. I, I, obviously, being in Australia is always so much so much better for me. I feel like, I, I don't know, I, I wear my, my heart on my sleeve in Australia. Uh, I, I really, um, being Australian, racing in Australia, just, you know, I just, it always just feels that a lot better for me. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. So anytime I get the opportunity to race Supercross in Australia, it's just man, I, I'm I'm all guns blazing. I am, and after where I finished last year, you know, I, I expect in my head I expect to win. Like that's where I, I feel like I believe I should be. Yeah, and look, I mean, we you know obviously it's our job, right? It's entertainment. We're doing opening ceremonies. I'm like, you know, Australia versus America, and we're getting the crowd going. But at the same time, literally, you are the Australia. You know, uh, it's no disrespect to Tanny or Cloudy. I'm not entirely sure what level they're going to be at at Newcastle, but their tail end of Prime X wasn't that great. And if if round one's anything to go off, you really look like the Australian hope. To, to beat the imports, you know, and I, I know you put that on your back. You're proud to represent Australia in that. Um, so yeah, man, it's it's a pretty special deal, hey. Yeah, definitely. For for me, obviously, yeah, I, I want to win. I, I know the boys, the other Australian boys, will definitely come out swinging. Come Newcastle, um, I think maybe they both just need to wet their feet a little bit. Um, but in saying that too, like I'm I'm putting in the effort. We're training. Um, unbelievable. The whole team is doing everything it can to make me happy. Um, so, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm in the position where I should be. It, it's not a surprise to me. Um, and But what was good was the racing. The racing was really good. You know, I felt like the heat race, but I made a mistake and then I put so much pressure on me to go on for an LCQ. Like, for me, that was 
that was the hardest race I've ever had to do. Yeah, talk about um, the heat race. Like everything, you know, I went back and watched it on TV on Sunday. Um, it looked like a pretty innocuous, like you just got a little bit of a, from what I could tell, you guys were obviously, if you were skimming the whoops, you were skimming them. And then if you were wheel tapping in, you sort of went three, three, three out. So did yep. you kind of clip that last whoop and it stood you up into the turn? Is that what happened? No, I actually knifed it a little bit, my front end. Um, I think we've come to the, the it, that's exactly what happened in the main as well. So just um, a little tuck, but just knifed it real quick. And it, I was actually going to save it, but I stalled it because I must have jumped on my back brake. So I didn't go over the top of the berm and I stalled it. So other than that, I, I probably should have, I probably would have pulled straight back in the second behind Tanny, but uh, yeah, I stalled it. So um, two mistakes, both the exact same. So they were, yeah, um, I think maybe we we had our we had our triple clamps and and set up a little bit too steep. Uh, so when when you did get a little bit um you know front end slide, it just knifed really quick and too too steep. So I think we're going to eradicate that. Uh, you know that that was you know it was it's a learning curve for me being on a new team, new bike, and um you know I haven't been at a race simulation yet. So. You guys, you um, you're running like offset clamps, or, or what? What was accounting that for? Do you think? Yeah, so we we obviously uh, we steepen the front up, so bring the clamps in to turn a bit sharper. Yeah, so okay. Say a standard bike's 23 mil offset. I believe we're at 21 and a half. Um, so we'll have a look at that this week. But I never got it in practice, at, uh, practicing prior to that. So it might have just been a track track issue because the, the the dirt there was sort of tacky real grippy in some sections but then real like real hard and slick so yeah i mean i guess it was that typical south australian dirt right where it it, it kind of has loam on top but it pushes that polished base you know yeah exactly so i think it i think it was just a bit of um nerves and and obviously that first race i didn't <laughs> i got the whole shot obviously and i just didn't ride like myself because they really put the pressure on us this this last weekend with the with the three heats and only two go through. And if you don't come in the top five, then you don't make the LCQ and you're out of the main. So the pressure cooker, them two races were more, way more pressure than the main event, that's for sure. Yeah, well, and that's what I was saying on the mic. Like when you crashed and then, obviously, well, not crashed, but obviously like fell over in the turn and you had to drag the bike down the berm because it stalled. I'm watching the bikes go by and I'm like, all right, first of all, I'm like, oh, Matt Moss is going to the LCQ. And then I'm like, Shit, Matt Moss might not even get to the LCQ if he doesn't get going, you know. Um, and I yeah, think look, you had what one lap to pass two riders, I think. Yeah, I believe I had. No, I only had to pass one early. I passed one early, which got me into fifth. But I knew every 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 position counted for a better gate pick. Uh, but who who knows? Another one. If I made another mistake, I was out. Like it's um, or or if my bike didn't start quick enough, I wouldn't wouldn't have made the main so um yeah man <laughs> they they put the pressure on us but in in the same sense it was it was my mistake through and through like you know i made the mistake and i was leading the heat and i was doing everything right and made a mistake so that's what the consequences yeah you made it work though. i mean I, I was chuckling to myself matt because like i know what you're like out of the gate and and obviously you had a pretty far out was you far outside on the gate for the last chance yeah, so I was, I believe I was gate six in my LCQ. Yeah. 
and I got a re- I, I got a really good start in my LCQ from out wide. That's right. And you sort so of shut everybody I, down, hey? Yeah. So I knew I was going to be around about the same gate. So I was gate seven, which is one further than where I was in the LCQ. And I just backed myself. I was like, you can get a whole shot from here. But, um, and I timed it to perfection. And yeah, man, I shot out that gate. It was great. Yeah, you did. We, as I said, we got some video clips that will be coming out tomorrow. It looks, it looks sick. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, in the main, obviously, um, you know, Dino executed the start and, uh, and you and Brayton were sort of right there. Um, so no, I whole shot at the main too. Oh, you did whole shot the main? Yes, I did. Yeah, he passed me about the third lap, I think it was. Third or fourth lap. Oh, shit. All right, sorry. I, I watched a lot of racing on the weekend. I'm trying to remember yeah, it all. That's all right. That's all right. No, my actually, the final start was better than my heat. Uh, LCQ. So that was okay. My bad. I'm confusing your main start with the LCQ. So that was the one where you rode around everybody because I remember losing yeah. it on the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my bad. Um, yeah, no. Nah, I might edit that part out. No, I won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So talk about the main then. That's correct. Sorry, I'm remembering it all now. So obviously, yeah, the pressure cooker of the night. You went through the LCQ, then you whole shot the main. The crowd's losing their mind, um, and obviously Dino passes you. Um, did you pump up at all? Like, was it a bit, um, you know, obviously. I didn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I pumped up. I did ride a little bit tight because obviously Dean was right behind me. And then we, like Dean, if you watch the footage, like I get the whole shot, but then Dean follows me right into the corner straight behind me and, and, and gets right on my tail and nearly makes a pass the first lap through the whoop. So yeah, I did ride tight them first four laps and I kept making a couple of little mistakes, like over jumping the triple. Um, just, just stuff like that. I was going wide before the finish line because I was watching Anthony and that do that in there in the lights race. So I thought that was the fast line. Um, yeah, yeah. it just got to a point where Dean was putting too much pressure on me. So I, I let him pass because we had a little, a little cushion back to, um, Brayton and yeah. did, um, again, sorry, I'm trying to remember the play by play. Did you, did Brayton pass you before you fell or was that afterward? No, 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 nah, nah, I crashed. Yeah. Okay. Nah. So talk us through that crash because obviously it was off the after the triple. Um, yeah. Did you push the front? I couldn't see from where I was commentating. I just heard the crowd, you know. Yeah. So Webb had moved out the way for um, Dino Wilson, and then um, yeah, jumped straight back in the race line. I don't know if it was just sort of get me off guard or what, or, or just on the on a mistake. But and then I tried to turn a bit sharp and sort of get underneath him uh, to get off that main line and just. Just tuck the front, but it's an error. I definitely shouldn't have, shouldn't have done. It was, I literally, it was at that same lap was the last lap. I, I was getting the last lap board in the next in that next corner. Yeah, that so, turn. Yeah, because then obviously when you got up, you had Hill right up you. You know, trying to capitalize yeah, on that as well. And I, I seen the blue fender when I I jumped the finish line and then turned left, and I could see the blue fender in my peripheral vision. And I knew, for some reason, I don't. Oh, that's right. I could hear I could hear you guys talking on the um, microphone. Oh yeah, could you, you could you hear us? I could could you? Hear yeah, okay. Yeah, I could hear you. That's the only way I knew what the laps were because you guys were like ten laps in, so I'm like, yeah, sweet. I'm at ten laps. I'm seven laps. Seven, uh, one of you guys <laughs> said seven laps to go, so I was like, because there's no pit boards there. It was it was it's um sort of sh- sort of froze us off our game plan because we all obviously have a game plan of when to push and when we're going to really like you know t- not take a breather, but you know, pace ourselves and push for the end. So you guys commentating was pretty helpful in that sense. And yeah, man, that last lap board, I could just see Hill there. And I was like, 
And then I heard you guys say Hill, and I'm like, me and him have a little bit of history. Not so much now. We're fine now. We get on, but you know we have some history from back in the day. Yeah, look, I said that on the mic. I, I did. I'm like, if there's anyone, you know, not that he would deliberately park you as such. It's been a long time, but you probably would have wanted someone else behind you on the last lap. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think in any situation, I think any whether Hill, Clout, Canty, whatever, and if if Rol- roles are reversed, I would have done the same. Oh, I just exactly. sort of, like, it's I, a, I just sort of put my head down and tried to. I covered my lines really good. I, I, I was doing that really well, and I sort of didn't give him the opportunity to get up the inside of me. So yeah, you ran but, a uh, very, very tight bike down the whoops on that last lap. Yeah, yeah, I was making him go around the outside of me. Definitely won't get up the inside. Of me. No, no, not at all. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I did forget that it was again with the lap count. It was so even hard for us to keep up, but. Yeah, you literally went down with pretty much 30 seconds of racing left to go. Um, yeah, it was a shame. Um, and that's probably was. I, you know, look at, I look at photos now and videos of me after on the podium and I look cranky. But obviously now that I look back, it's third place is as good as a win in, 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 the, in the first round, you know what I mean? Um, but, you know, it's, it's just a shame when <laughs> you exactly got 30 seconds to go and you, you make a mistake. Um, it is what it is. I got up quick enough and salvaged the third. It blows. That's funny, man. I've never had someone say that to me before, but I guess the, the sound system in that arena that you could actually hear us talking about the laps while you were racing, that's um, that's funny. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. It was actually really helpful. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, cool. All right. So, yeah, like you said, third, yeah. I think leaving Adelaide on the podium is... Yeah, you've got a few points down on Dino. You're a couple of points down on Brayton. But, man, considering a lot of other people's nights, you know, leaving there with just a few points down on the podium, that's a big step heading into Newcastle. And then, obviously, we've got... Have they announced the race format for Newcastle yet? Do you know? From what I hear, it's three finals, and I believe they're eight lappers or eight minutes. Back-to-back. Um, back. I've heard back-to-back, back, but... They ran a good program last year, so I don't see them going away from that. Yeah, it seemed to work uh, there, went. didn't it? Yeah. It did. It really – well, the crowd gets to see three exciting races over a span of, say, two hours. If they only get to see us race three times in a row at the end, it's, I think it's so much better. The build-up so much better when you have the gap. So, say, if it goes 85, MX3, MX2, 450 – it gives you it gives time to sink in that righto, then you have the next race and they're like, All right, that's the guy that won and then he doesn't win the next one, they're like, Righto, now coming in the third race, we know who's like they the crowd knows who's gonna win or who has to win to win. Mm-hmm. But on the back to back to back it's sort of you sort of look the crowd sort of I wouldn't say lose interest, but they don't really know what's going on. Well, honestly, no one knows what's going on. I think that would be my Yeah, no one knows. Like... I really hope they I, I prefer the back-to-back races for myself, but from a fan's perspective and the way they ran Newcastle last year, man, it was I, – all I got was how good the show was last year and, and that program that they ran. So I'm hoping they stick to that, that's for sure. Talking to the fans, man, I tell you what, Adelaide, um, that environment, I think it was the arena, because like, I've spoken to a lot of people, I'm sure you have as well, that weren't there. 
Um, and they're like, how was it? I was like, man, it was electric. Like, you know how the crowd is by the end of the night. Normally they're pretty over it when we're saying, get loud, get loud. And when that five second board spun around for your final, man, I I said, you know, like, let's get behind the 450s, like make some noise Adelaide. And I'm sure you could hear it. Like they went nuts. Yeah. Well, I spoke to, um, I actually rang Mick Sinclair today to, to, you know, obviously he was working his butt off over the weekend and, you know, we don't obviously don't see Bailey and all the other guys too much, but yeah, no, I rang Mick to sort of congratulate them on such a great event. Like it was uh, from the pyrotechnics at the start to the openers to the racing itself. Me being a fan of the sport myself, man, it was it was a great show. Track was obviously a bit tight and a little bit basic, but I look at the injury list. There's obviously. Cade Manier or, or whatever, you know, he had that injury, but I believe that wasn't his fault. It was a hay bale that made him, you know, make the mistake. But all the 85 riders, there's, there wasn't many injuries and, and it was great racing. So, man, I, I, I congratulated them today and said what a, what a fantastic event. Um, all my sponsors that went. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, um, sorry to cut you off, you were speaking on the 85s though. That was... I was actually really impressed with the 85 class myself. Um, and then I saw you getting, you know, high fives and photos with them afterwards. Are, they, are those kids that you guys ride with in New South? Like, they all seem to be from the same crew. Yeah, well, Jack Nunn is, uh, has been, I think he's been with me maybe now two and a half years. But he was, he was um, two years ago, he was... M- you know, we would have been pretty happy to get, like, go to a stadium cross and get maybe a fifth. You know, that was a goal. But he's, um, man, he's, he's listened to every word I've said and every everything, every advice I've ever given them, them and their family. And they've taken it with both hands and absolutely ran with it. Like, just the mental game that I teach him, man, he's, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to say it now and I don't want people to get you know, the wrong things, but man, if he, he keeps rolling the way he's rolling, he'll, he'll be a, he'll be a threat in America one day. Um, cause he's dedicated and trains. I, I got it. I got sent a message this morning of him on his security cameras running out the door at six thirty for a run before school. But then there's other kids like Heath Davies and, and, and all the guys from down there. I mean, like I'm there when I, when I do my race simulations on, on at the practice track at Nara. I get DJ, Jack, and any of the riders there that are racing Supercross, I put them on a program. I don't get any money for it, but I just put everyone on a program. Mm. And, like, righto, we're all do- we'll split them into maybe three groups, and we're like, all right, we're doing a 10-lapper, a 6-lapper, a 5-lapper, a 20-lapper, and we just, you know, knuckle it out. That track at Nowra looks pretty cool, that stadium Supercross track they built too. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's good. And the good thing is, uh, so I send some... Now our motorflex, he's he has his own machines and stuff that so we can change the track, room it up, and and lucky that you know that's what I do as a job, drive machines, so I can jump in the posse and clean it up for the kids and change things during the day. So we've had um we've had some great times, that's for sure. That's awesome, Matt. No, it was great to see. <clears throat> I'm going to ask your opinion on something that um it was funny after the after the night we were all hanging out, sort of. Um, in the production rooms behind this, like inside the stadium, and and we were chatting, and I had a word with Chad Reed at one point. We were chatting for a little bit, and um, he wasn't saying this in a way to say that you're 
uh, he's you know you and Reed are your friends and he was more speaking on the state of Australian Supercross. Um, yeah. So he was like he was like man Matt killed it tonight. He's like but if I were the other Australian riders, like he's like I don't know how they can look at Matt who's a veteran who had time away from the sport who you know is pretty much like you said you you know you got these factory rides but you work a job in between but you're still the top Aussie Supercross rider. And Reedy was basically saying something like, if I was the other riders, I'd need to take a hard look at what I'm doing because you're a veteran. And I guess Brayton and Dino are veterans, so the sport is changing a little bit in that sense, like the older guys are going longer. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that you were multi-time champ back in the, the day, the 2010s, and you're still yeah. that guy now. Yeah. Well, I think it just comes down to mentality. Um, man, I I don't line up on the line unless I feel like I'm going to win. That's just just the way I'm. It's the way I've always been, and you know, it's like I don't know how to take that from Chad. If he's having half a dig at me too, saying I'm I'm old and shouldn't be. No, doing he it, def- he definitely wasn't. That's what I'm saying. I know, it, it, I know he wasn't. Is, I'm just joking. Yeah. I'm just oh, I'm just having a dig at Chad. But um, no, like yeah, like it you you. You don't need to give me the best of everything. I'm still going to try and kick your ass. Like it's not. It's just. It's just the way I'm wired. Like I could. I could not train, and I know I could still rock up at Supercross and give give the boys a run. Maybe not for the whole duration, but you know I've been doing the work. I've done everything right. Um, I'm. I, I know how to twist the throttle, and I've got. I still have no. Um, no fear factor still. Like it's not. Like, you know what it mean? I'll, I'll die for it. Like, it's not, like, I'll do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Like, once I'm in, I'm all in. And, um, I, I, I only race because I'm, I'm, I'm still got that exact same mentality. And I feel like some guys, they sort of lose it when they get older, but I, I feel like I'm, I still feel like I'm 18. Like, I don't look in the mirror and go, I'm 30, I'm 35. Like, I still run around with my kids and act like an 18 year old, like me wife over me she's like you've got ADD like there's something wrong with you like <laughs> it's just the way I'm white yeah it's not a bad thing though man I mean look man I'll be honest right like and, and we'll finish this up so I know you got to get inside to the family but nah, good. like good. I, I remember this conversation you and I had when you came back in 2021 right um and you came back to Primex and I remember us talking and you were like this isn't me coming back just because I can you're like I believe I can win like I'm gonna win and I'm going to beat these guys. Like, they should have given me a factory ride. Like, I remember all the stuff we talked about. And, like, I'll be honest, a bit of me was like, all right, man, like, come on, let's be realistic. Like, I'm, I get you're stoked to come back and you've always talked to the talk, you know. Um, and, obviously, that year didn't go well for you with injuries. I can't quite remember. But, like, I guess what I'm getting at is when you came back, that wasn't all just you talk. Like, you genuinely believe that because two years later, you are doing what you said you were going to do, you know. Yeah, definitely. Like I was, like not. I was doing it. Like obviously, motocross. I knew motocross was always going to be harder, but I I assumed that supercross was coming that year. But obviously, COVID. COVID sort of prolonged my my comeback a little bit. With then I had to do motocross again. So where I didn't, I knew I'd build some confidence and motivate like movement forward if I just done supercross. But yeah, COVID sort of COVID halted everything. But. Yeah, like I, I, man, I was spending my wife's money, my kids' money, like, you know, what I mean, my house payments. So, I, I knew I was going to do it. It just, it just, it took a little bit longer than I wanted, but, man, I, 
that's that's when I go back to what I was saying about my mentality. Like, and any kid, any person, any anyone can do it. It's just like if you just believe that you're going to do it and you put in the work, it's and it's it's not that hard because you just got to have that that killer instinct, like you know, just you know, be proud of who you are and proud of where you've been and what you're doing and just believe, believe, and anything can happen. That's it, mate. It's, it's, it's inspirational, man. I'll tell you that. Um, it's cool to see. And um, obviously, going to Newcastle, um, I mean, it's not a hometown race for you, but there's a lot of home, home, it's home state, right? Um, yeah. There was a lot of, like, uh, there was a lot of Matt Moss fans in Adelaide, though, far out. Like, who was that dude? It Was that one of your sponsors at the end of the night after the podium, like, leaning over the stands and he was like no no that was no i never met him before in my life dude he was yelling at you like 10 minutes he was trying to get your attention and in the end i like tapped someone i was like can you just go get mossy because this guy he was like mossy like he would not stop (laughs) yeah but i love that man like i think maybe i think they like i don't want to like i don't want to sound like i used to be a bit of a dick (laughs) like you know what i mean when i was winning all these championships Back in the day, not, I wouldn't <laughs> say deep, you had your moments. Let's selfish. say that. Let's say you know, that. I just I'd say I was all I cared about was myself. Like it was just that's just. But I think you have to be that way to be a champion as well. In in some aspects, I'm just in a different stage of my life where I'm enjoying it. The aura that I put off is is I'm here to help. Like I've always helped kids and and the younger generation, but you know I'm enjoying helping the younger kids, all that sort of stuff and. I think I think fans and people that are into the sport and know any know stuff about the sport and that you know have seen my journey. I think they're just quite humbled by you know the belief I have and 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 you know my you know my aura that I put off now is it's not I'm not there to I'm not there to make a million dollars and smash everyone. I'm there to race and I want to win, but I'm there to enjoy it and embrace what our sport is. Yeah, it shines through. I mean, you were having you were having the best time after the podium. Like the fans were hanging out to hang out with you, and then, like you said, you had yeah. your crew of of um, giant men. I don't know who that. I know the footy guy. I forget his name that was doing the PR for the the round was there, but there was a bunch of your crew there. They were big men. <laughs> they were. Yeah, no, they're not. They weren't my crew. Oh, they weren't your crew. <laughs> was that that was, that was the football ju- that was that was the football crew. Jumped on the back of my motorbike. I was going to take him for a ride. That was man. That was. I was just in the moment with it. I was enjoying. I was enjoying how much they were loving it. So oh, I thought they I were was, your like personal sponsors crew. Like they were all over you, man. <laughs> no, 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 I was um, no, I was just enjoying it. They were enjoying it, so I was, I was just going along with them. Yeah, no, look, it was a, it was hilarious watching you like ride off with the guy on the back, and then like the AME guys were like, "Marseille, stop it!" Like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I was about to, I, was, I didn't, and then I was, I looked at my watch, was like, "You'll lose points, so they'll get you." <laughs> Yes, it was good. I was like, oh, I better not do that. Oh, far out, man. All right, hey, man, I've taken up enough of your time. Um, I appreciate the chat. Amazing job on the weekend. And, um, yeah, mate, we look forward to seeing you in Newcastle. Yeah, mate, really looking forward to Newcastle. It's going to be, it's, you know, I call it my local race, but, man, I can't wait to see see the crowd from last year because, it, it, in my mind, it was the best event I've ever done. So can't wait for that one. That's it, mate. All right, well, I will be on the mic and I will see you there, man, in a few weeks. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Appreciate it. See you, mate. Bye. Bye, mate. Bye. All right, guys, and as promised, we are now joined 
on the Inside Dirt Show, brought to you by Thor Australia and the Michelin Star Cross Six, by one of the general managers at AME Group, and uh, a man that has been probably busier than I've seen anyone in the past seven days, and that is Mick Sinclair. Sinks, how you doing, mate? I'm work very well, thank you, mate. Uh, thanks for having me. Stoked to be doing this with you. I appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, I hit you up on the off chance that if, as if doing Adelaide Supercross wasn't enough last week, then I see you guys were doing your press day for um, World Supercross today at Marvel Stadium, and you were in the thick of it there as well with Cam. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that wasn't just with Cam um, at, at AME, uh, World Supercross are a client of ours, um, and, and we run uh, their social media and build all their content. So, I was there on behalf of uh, AME today, uh, working with World Supercross in their announcement of Boosters, their the major partner for the Australian Grand Prix. Um, so we did that. We had a great turnout uh, with all the major press, and it all ran on, on the six pm news across every channel tonight. And and then we put together a real really cool content piece, which is going to drop on Friday with um, Jordan Degoe, Corey Creed, Cam, um, and a few others. So it was a it was a super fun day, actually. I, I really enjoyed today. Today um, was one of those days you just loved going to work. It was pretty cool. It reminds you why you do it, right? I mean, for me, one of those days was um, Saturday night when we were doing doing mm-hmm. the show in Adelaide. But um, yeah, yeah, you definitely killed it. I mean, I, I'm not surprised you'd feel like that because I, I, you know, we did well today, and I, um, I, I can't, was driving home thinking, yeah, today was a good day at work. So I definitely understand how you guys would have felt after Saturday night because between Cam and yourself, you definitely nailed it. So, um, you know, I was stoked for you guys and, and wrapping with the job you guys did. I appreciate that, Mick. And I guess that, that leads us nicely into, I guess, talking about, you know, I've had Matt Moss on and a couple of other writers and, and now hearing from yourself, it's going to be a different perspective, you know, from the promoter's angle and you guys working to put on the events. And, and I said this coming in, uh, in the preview podcast, which I, I doubt you would have listened to, but it's something that there was, um, I feel like a shift in the industry sort of towards AME and Supercross these past few weeks coming into Adelaide. And, and I said it myself, we're working with you guys uh, both as a commentator, um, but then also ID Media Group, Inside Dirt, we have content creators on site. We receive all of the comms and the PRs and things that you guys distribute and uh, that was something I was actually going to touch on when we were talking about Marvel today. Like, I already have the video that you guys have sent out in our production, you know, run for content tomorrow. And you guys are really mm-hmm. doing a good job of of feeding, you know, the media and growing, uh, I think, a, a content base and and just growing the brands between OzSX and obviously, you know, WSX with you guys having that contract for, for management and content. But um you know, I think we'll start there. Like, you know, for me, Adelaide, hands down, I, I finally got a chance to work with you guys at AME Group, and it was very organized, very structured. It actually intimidated me how structured all of the roles were. You guys <laughs> didn't leave any stone unturned. Um, yeah. And you guys have been going very hard in the background to sort of get this our Supercross platform back to where it sort of needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a, a big part of, of me coming over to AME was to bring some structure to the business. Um, and yeah, uh, I felt that between our group, it, it all worked well. And, and, you know, we, we were really organized. What I, what I loved the most about the weekend was um, how 
how unpanicked everyone was. was um, I've worked across a lot of events and there's usually a sense of panic going into race day and I was kind of panicked that no one was panicking <laughs> um, and, and everyone was really calm and that's just, it was a really good place to be in. Um, we were super organised, we um, planned to go in super organised uh, and deliver on everything we said we would do and 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 i feel like we did that and um yeah that was it was a good feeling to do that and and do it quite calmly yeah it was and it's something that um you know like i said i'm not blowing smoke because you're on on the line now like i said this last week publicly like you know we were in several production meetings before the event during the event like uh for me as a commentator whether it's tv or or venue um, it's not something I've experienced that much of. Normally you get thrown a mic when you rock up and it's pretty much go do your thing. Um, so it was refreshing. It really was. And, and that's why it was so enjoyable because the show was, was really good. And I think we can kind of segue into that. Um, it's been a few years since we've seen Supercross in an arena style venue and man, the atmosphere was electric. It really was. I mean, um, it wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but that goes right back to when we announced the venue change from uh, Adelaide Showgrounds to the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. I mean, you're never going to please everyone, right? And when we made that announcement with the date change, uh, 90% of the people were stoked and, and 10% weren't. Um, and that's okay. But we did it, um, yeah, and was it perfect? Definitely not, uh, but... You know, uh, and uh, we learned a, a hell of a lot, um, and we know what we can do to make it. I was really happy. Uh, yeah, the 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 floor floor space is small, um, which provided a smaller track. After feedback, now yeah, there's probably some things we could have done differently to make the track better, um, and we'll take that feedback on board. Uh, 100%, you know, we're all ears. Um, and I think most of that came from the broadcast anyway. But, I mean, you would have to agree with me. The vibe inside that stadium was, was amazing. The, uh, you know, there's a lot of chit-chatter on social media at the moment, and that's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, but I would have loved for every one of those people who have got something to say about us at the moment, I would have loved to them for them to have been there and to witness the show we put on and the racing that was on. And regardless of, you know, the track being small and tight, um, it felt great. And we had a lot of positive feedback, a lot of people during the day saying, how good is this? Um, you know, the communication has been great. The structure has been great. The formats are great. Um, you know, guys like Yuri, Craig Dak, everyone was so positive and then, Following up on that, we've had really nice emails from guys like, again, like Dakar sent a nice email through yesterday. Uh, I had a call from Mossy yesterday to say, you know, and, and also his wife, Sophie, um, to say it was a great event. And But, you know, what Mossy did was say it was a great event, but here's what you probably could have done a little bit better with the track. Like, that's the kind of feedback, you know, that's really great for us. And, and if someone's going to call me and and say that, mate, we'll be all ears, you know, when you got these dudes who really aren't involved or whatever teeing off on social media it's like you know whatever um 
But, you know, I had a phone call from Ben Townley yesterday saying it was one of the best supercrosses he's been to and how good it was getting the 85 kids back and, and how well it was run. So, I mean, from a, a industry feedback, it's it's been great and it's, and it's been really nice to hear people who really know what they're talking about and really involved saying those nice things about what we've done. So um, it's super encouraging and, and, man, I can't wait just to keep this show rolling into Newcastle. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, or I know as a fact, like going back to the atmosphere and and uh, and the, the venue, uh, what really surprised me, I don't know what you want to call it, but I think the show, the racing format, a lot of it was quite new. But man, the, the crowd was really responsive, Mick. Like normally, as a commentator, by the time the main events roll around, I'm like, come on, make some noise. And everyone's kind of like, woo, yeah, we're, we're over it. We've been, you know... But like you would agree, that 450 main event, you know, when we got them loud, when that five second board spun around, uh, yeah, I think you agree, Mick. Like I said, normally the the crowd in a, in a venue by the main events, like you're like, come on, get loud, but they're kind of over it. But I tell you what, we got the the crowd loud for the final 450, you know, the 450 final, sorry, at the five second board, and they made more noise than in open ceremonies. Like they were genuinely loving the show. Um, I guess it's hard not to be on here and sound like we're just just blowing smoke because we were a part of the event. But to answer what you said earlier, it would have been great for everyone watching at home on TV to experience what we experienced in in the venue because that's the sort of thing that's going to build a sustainable championship. It's going to grow fans of the sport. Like whether it was <clears throat> the autograph line for Chad Reed, which was around the block out, you know, in in the yeah. the venue of the Adelaide Entertainment Center or the the after party, which I didn't go to, I walked past the line of the after party getting some food and that was going <laughs> off. Like it just had a whole vibe that I don't think I've experienced other than probably OzX Open. Man, well, it should have been loud. There was six and a half thousand people there. Mm. I mean, there was, I watched the broadcast um, for the most part yesterday while I was working and just had it on the background there. And I, I really haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it properly. Um, but there was a wide angle of the track and it showed the main part of the uh, grandstand that wasn't sold. And that was like, there was two corners that, that didn't sell. The stadium holds around seven, three, I think. And we sold six and a half. Um, so, you know, I saw a comment there that, that, that it looked empty, man. There was six and a, you know, just what, six and a half thousand people there. Um, last year in Adelaide, and we didn't promote that one um, in Adelaide last year, that was at the Adelaide showgrounds. There was 4,000 people there. So there's an extra two and a half thousand people there. And, and, you know, how good is that? They may have been all new to the sport. Hopefully they were. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can go back and, and we can definitely, and I've got no doubt we'll fill it when we go back next year. Um, so, you know, that was great. And I've got no doubt. I'll, you know, I was on the floor with you. I was up the other end. But, yeah, it was fucking loud in there. It was, man. It was going off. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. It was, it was really cool. Like I said, um, I've worked a lot of events as of you. Um, it's been a while since I've seen anything like that or felt anything like that other than like, you know, the, the, the obvious OzX Open, which is such a big event and the sort of staple. But yeah, it was cool yeah. to see, man. It was cool to see a lot, a lot of hard work gone in and, and um, it's a good sign for where things are at. Now, obviously, um, yeah. did you get a chance to enjoy the racing or were you just wide open all night? Nah, I mean, from my side... The work's done once the event starts almost. I mean, I'm busy during the show opener because I kind of act as a floor manager um, when the show starts. And um, 
uh, you know, and you, 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 I get the cue to send riders out and whatever um, during that intro. From there, up until really uh, just before the interval where we've got to start getting riders in corporate boxes and bits and pieces and, you know, the, the, the kids who come out and did their dance at three-quarter time, well, sorry, half-time, sounds like I'm already game of footy, um, <laughs> who come out during the interval. You know, so, I mean, it's not that busy once the racing starts. I mean, yeah, it's chaos and before it, but even then it wasn't because we were super organised. But, yeah, so I did get to enjoy it. Um, I got to watch from just behind the start gate, and, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. You know what really surprised me? And I was talking to Cloudy today about this, and also (laughs) when Matt called me yesterday, it was like the boys had a discussion and made a pact to chill out a bit. Um, I was expecting to see a lot more bar banging. Yeah, the, like uh, I mean, towards the end there, the track become a little one-lined as it deteriorated, but that still shouldn't have stopped the guys from wiping each other out, um, and that's what I was kind of expecting. Um, I reckon if, if it was round you know, three this year, if it was a final round, we would have seen a lot more chaos. But I said to Cloudy today, I mean, I'm like, I know you didn't, but it was really like you guys all got together before you went out there in that first heat and said, let's let's just chill, boys, because there wasn't a lot of, other than um, Parker Ross uh, wiping that kid, I can't remember who it was. Yeah, so it was Kingsford, my head. Uh, Kingsford got really Yeah, Kingsford in, yeah, the, yeah. In, in the last corner. I mean, there wasn't too much action. Um, and, you know, if you remember the Supercross Masters days, man, they were, they were you know, almost killing each other out there, um, I which was, a... I was kind of expecting for this. So it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was that was a bit that surprised me. I, I thought the boys chilled out a little bit, uh, maybe because it was round one, they all just wanted to get through um, and, you know, and, and then take it out onto the bigger tracks for round two and three. I have a theory on that, Mick. Um I do agree. If it was the last round, there would have been some hate crimes going on because it's all for the championship. But also, yeah. like, if you look at... Because a lot of people said that to me over the weekend and even chatting on the phone to people after the event. I feel that the way, especially with the 450s now, the momentum they carry around the track compared to the old two-strokes, it's it's so much more intense. Like, the entry and exit transitions are a lot more loaded with lean angle with acceleration and and probably consequences like on a 252 stroke you could slide your rear wheel knock someone over yeah you could probably bang bars or 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 lock elbows it just didn't seem as loaded with danger as it is now i feel with the four strokes so i think that the guys are probably just probably from a rider you know point of view i don't know if you could just i mean you know how fast were they going through those whoops and then to just make contact and it's you know i was i was expecting us as commentators hanging out there after the turn in the whoops to just be dodging bikes all night but the only time we had that was when webster went over the bum like that was really it yeah yeah um so yeah i don't know man it's i think well cloudy did mention that too he goes you know i think it was if you were going to put a move on someone like that on that track yeah you know, you got a very good chance of taking yourself down too. And if you took yourself down in that heat race and finished six, you'd be out for the night. Um, you know, you had a little bit more space with top four and the LCQ going through. But still, if you hit someone 
and both of you went down, you're both out. So Yeah, and that I was um the format they, they stopped Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, the, the format um I thought added a heap of excitement to the evening. Um you know, the amount of factory guys that we had in the LCQ, like talking to Mossy before, he he said literally, he was like, that was the most fun but stressful night of racing I've had because he had it mailed home in the heat race, he stole it, fell over, had to go to the LCQ, then he gets the whole shot from the outside gate in the main. Like, there was just so much going on. I mean, the 250, you know, was a, the 250 class was a little bit different, but the 450 class, the guys lining up in that final would would have all been there on any track. You know, the right guys were, that. you know, the quickest guys were in the final. There was a couple of guys who missed out in the 250 class that, that probably deserved to be in there. And there was a couple of surprises, which is epic. That's what it's all about. But, I mean, if anyone was going to knock the format, I don't think they really could because, uh, you know, the, the the best guys were in that 450 final, in my opinion. Yeah, look, and, and it's probably a, a bit of an industry guy jaded thing to say, but... I really am of the opinion if you threw some witches hats around the car park, the same 10 riders probably would have been in the main event. It's just the best guys yeah. on the night were there. And um, it's, it's you know, typically the guys complaining, whether it's the track or the format, and this isn't just this event, it can be any event. Um, you know, the guys that do well like it and the guys that don't have something to complain about, you know, because, um, mm-hmm. you know, you know how it is. Riders very often are going to accept responsibility for not, doing their best there's always something to blame the bike the, the you know whatever it is right so um yeah but yeah no i thought the format added a lot of excitement um and it mixes it up because then you know we go to newcastle i'm not sure if you guys have announced the race format there yet have you yeah yeah absolutely newcastle's a triple crown you know like with the three round series um newcastle was a, well last year was a four round series so let's take a step back um and newcastle was a triple crown but all three races went to the overall, and the overall scored the championship points. Right. This year, with the Triple Crown in Newcastle, all three races scored championship points. So there will still be an overall winner for the night on the podium, but all three points – sorry, all three finals score championship points. So there's 75 points up for grabs. Wow, I I like that. That's kind of – yeah, not the same concept, but I guess we had the Super Motocross – format with the three rounds and, and they had the triple points, double points. I, I guess it's somewhat of a similar essence to that, right? Similar. I mean, we, we didn't even take SMX into consideration when we were looking at this. Um, it was just, you know, the short series and we thought it'd be a good opportunity to add more point scoring races. Um, and it's been received really well. Yeah, I like uh, that. It, I as think well. that's a good initiative. So, like you're adding, you know, an additional two point scoring motos to to a, a shorter series to kind of accommodate things. I, I think that's cool. It's interesting, right? Because you've got Adelaide and, again, super tight track, difficult track. I mean, it was, they say it's easy. Right? Well, they said the track wasn't that tech. But it was still difficult racing because we had guys in the LCQ shitting their pants that so they might not have made the main. Um, so that makes it difficult. It makes it a difficult track or a difficult event to race on, which is great for us. Newcastle has another element to it because you've got three point scoring finals now if you dnf that first one and get hurt there's three races you know this could be one or lost here at newcastle um yeah so you've really got to make sure you get through all three races here too so you really had to concentrate to get through all three you know the main event into the main event in adelaide 
we've got a different element here with this one with the three point scoring finals and then we go in the traditional format at Melbourne yeah for sure I think um, if you if you take that into consideration yeah it may be a in quote unquote short series but there is a lot of maneuverability tactics consistency that's going to lead to someone winning these championships in either class or all of the classes right so um yeah. Again, I dig it. I think I like what you guys are doing. Um, and I think it's a great step for, you know, obviously this is the first year in a long time that AME have, have sort of took over as the sole promoter. Um, and I think that's a great yep. step. I, I was not a fan of the split promoter model. Um, yeah, th- it's good because there's some consistency now, um, you know, right down to credentials and, and officials and, and, you know, broadcast and, and everything like that. So it's just added a layer of consistency to it with us taking over every round. Yeah, I agree. I think sponsorship, it, you know, the, the PR, the messaging, you know, growing the brand as such is now your sole yeah. responsibility. <laughs> um, obviously, the, the, the catch me too is it's now also AME's sole financial responsibility to, to run these events and, um, and weather. Yep weather that so um i don't think people always see that that responsibility either i think outside in it's easy to 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 negate looking at those things um but uh i guess that's the difference between the casual race fan and 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 being in the industry we sort of see that that burden and and that responsibility For sure to grow the brand and that's you know? totally yeah that, that's totally fine we're ready we're we're in a really good spot we're super organized we're talking about next year's dates and venues already and and, you know, we're well ahead of where AME was this time last year. And, um, yeah, everything's just looking really great, super positive. Um, you know, there's a vibe in the office at the moment with myself and the girls. And, and the, you know, they, they had a um, a really good time in Adelaide. You know, they were absolute work, workhorses. They, um, but they killed it. You know, we've all got our roles. And sometimes the roles cross over, which is good too, because we've all got uh, mixed experience experience and knowledge um i'm definitely not the smartest guy <clears throat> or the smartest person in the room in that office uh but i've probably got the most knowledge um so it's a really good blend of knowledge experience smartness is that even a word there you go exhibit a so um you made it work you made it work. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> it's really good and there's a really good feeling in the office you know we've got a our debrief meeting tomorrow um, to go over Adelaide and I was looking at the notes earlier and there's, um, it's really good. I mean, there's just a bunch of one percenters that we could fix up and they're quite easy things to, um, to fix up. We went out and um, with an email to all our sponsors yesterday um, and a lot of them have come back and said they had a great experience there and they, um, you know, most of them were 10 out of 10 out of, out of everything. And there's a couple of things that, from, from from some of the partners that, you know, here's some feedback which could have been better. and um, But overall, it was good. So we'll take that feedback on board and make their experience uh, better and how they want it and and the same for the riders and, and the fans as well. Yeah, I think it back to what you said too, man. It was fun, right? Like as in we finished up Saturday night, we were in the production rooms out back, we were all having some beers, like, you know, once the track was getting packed away and, and, and sort of downloading and, even Chad yep. was in there having a laugh and a joke with everyone. Like it was just a cool atmosphere. So um, <clears throat> it was really cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was like probably you know wasn't the after party, but that was the most fun after event I've really had. It was just sitting around bullshitting with everyone. Um, 
Yeah. It was nice. Um, right, let's switch gears. Obviously, we've, we've talked about, you know, the AME side of things and, and where you're at with everything. But, um, you know, as a you're a big fan of the sport. I know that. You've been in the industry in many different roles for the last, I don't even know how many years. Um, long time. Yes, 2006. Well, actually, that's not true. 2004. Yeah, there you go. So the best part yeah. of a 20-year span <clears throat> between, you know, Monza, Fox, um yeah, I yeah. started at Full Throttle Sports with Konski running his thumping ads. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. That was way before my time that's, in Australia, but yeah. That's that's where it started, and that's um, from there is where I met Scotty from Monza. Right, right. Okay, that makes and sense. And that's, that's, that's how the Monza and Fox gig came about um, because I spent 12 months working at Full Throttle Sports with Konsk uh, running those thumper races for him, which... And that's kind of where I got my foot in the door. Man, me and you need to do a podcast away from like the race recap because I, I would love to just talk about your journey and career. You know, you and I have crossed paths professionally yep. on some projects over the years. Um, but it'd be really cool to tell your story. So I'll, I'll stop that there, but we're going to do that because that would be really cool. Um, yeah, let's do it. All right, let's switch it up again. Um, obviously, Wilson wins SX1. Uh, Anstey wins mm-hmm. SX2. Um you know, talking to Mossy, it was super cool for him to be the Aussie guy that was on the podium. It just was fitting with the narrative that we went with in opening ceremonies. It was awesome. But um, how, yeah, how good was that? What uh, What was your thoughts on the racing on the night? Where do you think it's going to head in the championship? Like, what, what's your predictions? Oh, man, I'm going to be really careful what I say. Um, yeah, I was thinking that as I asked. I was like, probably. But, no, but that's okay. I honestly didn't expect Dino to win. But he didn't look like not winning from the first time his wheels hit the dirt in the morning. Like, he was fast all day. Can I be um, honest about Dino? Like, I haven't seen, number one, he looks really fit, which I haven't seen for a few years. So his injuries must be, you know, back under control. Um, mm-hmm. But he had that look in his eye. Like, I don't know if I've seen him believe he can win in a long time. And man, he just looked like he knew he had something for everyone and he was going to serve them up. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, he was really fast. Like, he didn't look like losing that race. I think, wasn't he the fastest? I think Matt was probably the quickest. He kept, he made a few mistakes. Like, I've never seen a start like that in my life. Yeah, he I'm went so into okay. that first corner, like, so fucking fast and come out a fair way in front. Um, but... New bike, new team. He still he hasn't spent a lot of time on that bike, and I'm sure he said the same thing. And um, obviously, I I didn't hear you chat, but I thought Mossy looked super fast as well. Um, and if it wasn't for those few mistakes, Matt did. Uh, I mean, it probably would have been a different story, or you know, Dino wouldn't have had it all his own way like he did. It was interesting after. Um, straight after, you know, the race finished and, and they put their bikes on the stands up at the podium and they hadn't we hadn't even presented or there was no interviews or anything and J B didn't look stoked. He was not happy. Like, you know, obviously you want to go in there to win. Um, but I thought J B was looking really I didn't think J B looked like he was pushing it. I thought he's okay, JB's happy to sit there, get second, third, get through this round in one piece and then take it to Newcastle on a full size full size track and and then my opinion of that changed when he took his helmet off because he just shook his head at his mechanic. 
Um, and I thought something must have happened or he wasn't, you know, something wasn't right with the bike or whatever because he didn't look happy and he shook his head. And then when we were doing the content for us, said to JB, what? Didn't you look so stoked? I mean, you come out of it in second. Um, this race could have lost the championship for anyone. I thought you wouldn't, I thought you may have been happy with second to get out of here to take it into Newcastle. He goes, no, I just hate losing. I actually hate losing. Uh, I don't. I didn't come here just to come around, and guess second or third, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe that was a stupid question then. Yeah, there's um, a bit of a side to JB. I've seen it a few times over the years where he, because he is so personable and he's such a great, he's such a great dude. Um, but then he does have that switch, man. Like I've had it a few times. Even I remember one year in opening ceremonies, I said something to him like half loaded to the crowd, like you know, like you do. And he kind of gave me this look through the helmet, and I was like, "Oh, okay, he is he is here to race tonight. He's not here for the the you know the show, if you know what I mean." Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, man. I I don't have I don't have a I can't give you a prediction because I think it's going to be on at Newcastle, man. Matt's got you know three weeks to get or four weeks to get. Those little mistakes ironed out. Obviously, you know, the Honda boys are going to be pushing it pretty hard and you can't write off, you know, CDR just sat there all night, you know. They, they, all three boys are in the main. Um, they, they did well. Uh, they they didn't, didn't look like they took many risks. I think, I can't remember what they finished, fifth, fifth and sixth. Yeah, Hill was, Hill was four, I think. It was like four, so five. Were they four, five and six? I think so, yeah, yeah. So they're still in the hunt. Mm, for sure. Um, so it's game on for that class, man. I'm not going to ask me that question after Newcastle. Yeah, all right. Well, let's do that. We'll get you back on after Newcastle. With Max, so I mean, with the 250 class, Max, how? Max was on another level, I thought. Yeah, look, I think if there's one thing I'd bet on is he is – he's very impressive, man. Like, our, our guys, you know, Nato and Reed Taylor and Reese, like, they're – Excuse me, they're very fast riders, but man, Max's intensity in that main event was, I didn't actually clock the lap times, but I would hazard a guess that he would have been very competitive to win in the 40 class on the 250. Yeah, I, I didn't check that either, but you got you got to remember, Max, Supercross only guy, I mean, the other the Aussie boys have come off Pro Motocross, Pro MX, um, and then into a short prep for Supercross where Max has had you know, AMA Supercross, World Supercross, and now into Australian Supercross. Yeah, he's been a Supercross guy all year on that 250. So he's got a lot of momentum. Um, and momentum and confidence are, are a dangerous thing, aren't they? So uh, I'm sure, again, the boys have got – the Aussie guys who rode motocross have got another three, four weeks to to, to work on their prep and, and hopefully um, – you know, we can see some good battles in that class going at Newcastle with the three races too. Yeah, for sure. I think um, it's going to be... I'm excited for Newcastle, man. I think it's in a great place and uh, you guys are doing a great job. So we'll leave it there, Sinks. So I appreciate the time, mate. Um, I know you've had a very big, very big few weeks, so um, I don't want to keep you much no, longer. No, that's okay. And, no um, dramas at all, man. I appreciate uh, you giving me a buzz and, um, yeah, we can do this anytime you like. Yeah, let's get you back on after the next round. Um and yeah, mate, I will uh, we'll get you in here with the other interviews for tonight, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome, mate. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Thanks, things. See ya.
All right, up next on the Inside Dirt Show, Adelaide Supercross Review brought to you by Thor Australia and the Michelin Star Cross 6. It is the new signing to the uh, read. This team name is a mouthful, but I believe it is the uh, T-Dub Raceline Berry Sweet Husqvarna team. Is that how it said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> All right, cool. I got that right. But uh, Reed Taylor, mate, thanks for jumping on. How you doing? Nah, good. Thanks for having me. Well, good, mate. Um, yeah, we'll start the weekend. I actually landed. Well, you and I were on the same flight uh, with your dad on Friday out of the Gold Coast. So you guys were good enough to give me a lift to the arena in your rental car. So I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, man, the weekend went from there. Obviously, a bit of a quiet sort of signing. You ended up under the um, Todd Waters Husqvarna factory team. Yeah. Um, I think before we get into the weekend, let's talk about that. How did that come about? Um, yeah, like Faden pretty much organized all of that. I kind of, yeah, I was a little bit on the outer of that. But um, yeah, that all went through not long before round one, really. Like I went up and did a little bit of testing in that with them about a week before Adelaide. So that, yeah, that was, that was pretty much last minute. But yeah, with them for Supercross, which is heaps good. I get um, Baden Blanchett, this is for everyone listening. He obviously is a big part of your program. And, man, he's helped a lot of riders over the years. He was a big part of Tanny's program back in the day. Obviously, he was a big part of Mossy's program with his privateer team. But um, I get the text Sunday afternoon. He just texts me. He goes, Reedy's speed was impressive for his first ever Supercross, hey. And he um, he's, a, he's a big part of what you what you do like behind the scenes, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's heaps good. He helps me out, out in every way he can. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much talk to him every day, and um, yeah, he's, he's a legend. That's what I like about Beta, man. Like, obviously, I don't. He wasn't at the Supercross. I didn't think. I didn't see him at Adelaide, but um, he's one of those dudes, and it's there's not many. Like, he really just wants to be involved to help people. Like, you know, like I've owned race teams, but it wasn't a not for profit. I was yes, I was spending my own money, but I was bringing sponsors in it was a business i think baden is really one of the few dudes that, that purely does it out of the goodness of his heart you know what i mean yeah he helped yeah he helps heaps of people out and um yeah it's it's, it's really helpful for me anyways like he helps matt out, matt out too and yeah he just wants like wants the sport to grow and yeah it's good need more people like him yeah, for sure. We do. That is for sure, mate. But, um, all right. So, obviously, you've been riding a KDM this year, going to the Husky. Not that much of a difference for you? Nah, nah. We pretty much we've just changed the linkage in the suspension. And, yeah, I, like I, I went up and did a little bit of testing, but we'll just, um, we just tested a few things like tyres and whatnot like that. Like, we didn't, yeah, we didn't really change a whole lot, which was, which was a good turnover. Yeah. I mean, I talked about you in the pre show, um, last week and I was like, man, you know, don't sleep on, on Reedy. Um, you know, you've got Supercross experience in Europe, but we haven't seen you race a whole bunch over here. We talked about that before, but like, you know, with the team behind you and the setup that you had, and and it showed right away. Like as soon as practice hit and qualifying, you look really comfortable, really good, and um, you know, you were the third uh, SX2 group, so the track was destroyed by the time you were on it, and and you ended up fifth fastest out of the the thirty riders for the heat races. Um. So out of the 30 that went to the heat races, you were fifth fastest out of the time sessions, which, man, that I think that would have turned a lot of heads because that was an impressive, um, again, everyone knows you're fast, but putting it in the top five in that setting of 30 MX2 guys trying to make it through, like that was impressive. Yeah, no, it was good. 
obviously I got the bit of the short straw getting the um getting the truck after everyone had been on it, but it was heaps more ruddy than when the first boys were on it. But no, nah, it was good. Um, how'd you find the track? I mean, obviously it was tight, it was ruddy. Um, did you pump up at all? Like you look pretty loose out there to be honest. Not not loose as in out of control, just loose like you were flowing. You know. Yeah, I struggled a fair bit in practice, just like like rushing and you know what I mean, your heart rate spikes and that. But um, yeah, in qualifying and like the heats and things, like yeah, I got actually got a bit of a flow out there. It was good. Track was super super tight, but probably the tightest I've ever raced. Yeah, so was um, was Wageman in your group in practice? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that's right. You guys kind of. I remember a fair few laps where you guys kind of got together and were sort of either he was behind you or you were behind him. I distinctly remember that rut forming after the finish jump, and it was really deep for you guys. Like it was down to the boards. Oh yeah, yeah. It, that was in practice. Yeah, we did we did a few laps together in practice, and yeah, it was definitely deep then. But again, it looked cool because like he he's a really high level supercross rider in America, and you look right at home next to him. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Um. So obviously, going into the heat race, um. You well, talk me through the heat race. How did it go? I got off to a good start. Like I was, um, I think it was me and Max in the first corner, and then um, obviously, like I was on the outside gate. I think I was on the outside gate every race, so I kind of, you know, what I mean, caught that elbow first turn, which was, which is um, yeah, a bit not that good. But um, yeah, he like lifted my front wheel up, and then like I came together with heaps of riders, and I was like nearly, I think I was like second last, and then I, I ended up coming through to fourth, and yeah, I couldn't couldn't get much further than that in um, in only five laps, but. I mean, to be fair, to getting to getting to fourth was important because if you were fifth or was it fifth? I think was the last spot. To yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking about when. Yeah, after I nearly went down first turn, especially. Yeah, I mean, well, you saw, you know, NATO was another one. He had to go to the last chance. Reese Bud. Um, yeah. You know, he didn't. Yeah, he went to the last chance as well, right? Like, and he was the fastest qualifier. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was nerve wracking going to the last chance, but like, there's just so many like big names in there too. So. Yeah, there was for sure. I hate to, like, even Matt, everyone went went there. Like, yeah, it was just, it was, if you didn't get a start in the heat, you kind of, yeah. Yeah, I just had Matt on before you, and he said it was literally the most pressure cooker race because, you know, not only did you have two riders only out of the heat races, but then if you didn't finish fifth or better, you didn't even go to the last chance, you know? Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, last chance. Where did you end up in the LCQ? Uh, Second. That's right. You were behind. Yeah, you pretty much just followed NATO home, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, and then the final, from memory, obviously, you didn't have the best gate pick. I think you were gate eight. Yeah, I was eight wide, yeah. Yeah, you were pretty far wide. Um, but you came out of the first turn pretty good. Yeah, I, I got a pretty good start. And then when they backed off, like everyone backed off a little bit early and I like tried to go around the berm and like nearly made it around everyone. But um, yeah, I got got clipped and then I ended up out of there fourth I think which was good from where I was like on the gate so yeah yeah you did I remember you just swinging wide and, and for a second I thought you were going to make it through was it Anstey that drifted across and sort of shut you down yeah I think Anstey hit um Thompson or something yeah and then they came into me but yeah it was it was yeah a bit on <laughs> it was that first turn was well it was pretty yeah. much the whole race because then you ran fourth for quite a while didn't you yeah, I ran fourth for a little bit, and then I tried to make the pass on Wilson. I think I don't think it was long into the race, and then yeah, like slid out all the way up the finish pretty much, and then I had to go down the start straight. And 
yeah, nearly took out oh, the you film. Did. <laughs> you did. I remember because I was standing sort of on the start straight at the first turn commentating and you were just shifting gears trying to get back on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but obviously, um, you didn't lose too many positions there, but then you hurt your thumb because, you know, you're carrying a bit of a thumb injury right now. So what, what happened after that? Yeah, I was, yeah, I think I did, I was just after halfway and I was, yeah, in about fifth or sixth and, um, the, on the, the triple, there was something on the down ramp and, um, and one of the, yeah, one of the laps, I just, I don't know, I landed a bit, might've jumped a little bit too long and yeah, just like landed and pretty much like nearly high-sided into the start gates and yeah, went down there. But yeah, I don't know, there was definitely something there because Matt and um, Bailey Malkowitz both crashed there in the race after me. So. Yeah, it was like you guys were landing and it sort of stood you up. It was like a slippery patch or something, hey? Yeah, yeah, it was weird. But um, yeah, unfortunately, that and, So what did that, did you end up 10th in the main? Yeah, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. But that's still pretty solid, man. Like you know, considering probably the beauty of the the format, you technically had a DNF, but you still get tenth in the main event. Like that's pretty cool for the championship. Yeah, no, it's good. Good to still get a few points. Um, so let's backtrack. Where where are you training for Supercross? What tracks are you riding? Uh, I've been down at Ando's and going in, like I've been based out of the Central Coast and um, training with Ando up at Newcastle, and then yeah, going down to Matt. Like, does it, yeah, does Ando have a place? Too, Does he have a track at his house, Ando Supercross? Oh, he's got a few tracks around Newcastle, so yeah, we kind of just go in between. It's pretty good. He's pretty connected, old Ando, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a few kids that he coaches and that that have got tracks at there. So yeah, he just like says what day we're riding where, and yeah, it's good. That's good, man. He's a good guy to have in your corner. I've got a lot of time for Craig. He's a legend of the sport, and he's very smart. Like very, I don't think underrated's the word. But he doesn't make a lot of noise on social media or anything. But he's very smart. Yeah, no, he's good. He helped me out heaps of. I've um like come come with him probably halfway through this year, and yeah, he's uh, he's helped me out heaps with yeah, building a bit of a base, and, and like I, I talk to him every day, and yeah, it's good. Well, tell him I said hi next time you talk to him because um, <laughs> he did TV for a few years with us. He was a lot of fun to be around. Um, yeah, right. but uh, yeah, okay. So I mean, I think that shines through the base, the program. It definitely shines through. Like you're you're progressing really well, and like we talked about on the plane and the, and the car ride. Um, you know, it's cool that you have this, you know, hopefully a sustainable run into into a factory ride for MX2 next year. I think it would be cool if the Husqvarna guys could keep you. Um, I was talking to Jace on Saturday. He was working on your bike, and I was like, oh, okay, so have you signed you signed this guy through, you know, and he wouldn't really give me much, but I was like, I think you should. Um, yeah. Yeah, it would be you good. You know, hopefully get a few decent results the last two rounds, and yeah, see where we go from there. It was great to have Todd at the track, um, on Saturday night too, just to, you know what I mean, say doing this here and you're doing that there, it was good. Yeah, I mean, man, he's a wealth of knowledge. So I, I did wonder how much he was involved, obviously, being there. Did he, he sort of took that team manager mentor role pretty pretty full on, hey? Yeah, it was good. Like every time, yeah, like I said, every time I come in, you know what I mean, he's saying you, you, can, you can do this there and just like to improve in that. Yeah, that was good. It's good. I, mean, I think it's a great fit for you. I'm, I'm going to rally for you to get that ride next year. I don't know how to do that. But <laughs> obviously, you got to get the results, but I'm going to talk yeah. about it on, on the podcast and at the races. I think you need that ride, and that it would be a good ride for them to give you, to be honest. So um, we'll see where that goes, man. No pressure, yeah. but I'm, 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 on the, I'm on the fan club <laughs> right now, man. So we'll see where it goes. But hey, um, appreciate the chat, read and... Uh, yeah, mate, we'll see you, I guess, again, I just talked to Matt, so I guess Newcastle's like somewhat of a hometown race for you. 
Yeah, it's about three hours, a bit more for me, but like, yeah, I'll be I'm based down that way, so yeah, it'll home, be good. Home, nice home state, I guess you could call it. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Cool, mate. All right. Well, hey, um, are you riding this week? Are you letting the thumb heal up? What's the plan? Yeah, I've had. A, I'm having a few days off. Let, yeah, letting the thumb come back down and that, and getting getting a few suspension um, tweaks done. But yeah, hopefully get back into it next week and put a few good weeks in before Newcastle. Awesome, man. All right. Well, hey, uh, good job on the weekend, and um, we will see you in Newcastle. Nah, thanks, H. Thanks for having me on. All right, bye. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye.